In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled, the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and I'm excited for you to join us today. I've got a good friend of mine coming back for another stab at climbing up Success Mountain. We, we threw our pick in a couple days ago, and well, let's just say we didn't stick. So we decided to re-record, and that's what I like about business, is if at first you don't succeed, you know, there's an old motto that says, try, 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 and never give up trying. And that's why I love this guy, because he started out delivering pizzas from a trailer park. And he even started another business, a window cleaning business with a ladder strap to a 1993 Chevy Cavalier. I wonder if LeBron James was attached to that Cavalier. And then also after years of struggling, he finally figured out the power of systems and grew businesses like that to over $180,000 a month while working less than five hours a week in business. Man, that's like one hour more than the four-hour work week. So I'm excited for us today to, to hear from the founder of a marketing automation software called SendGym, the host of the Quick Talk podcast, which I think you changed the name, so we'll talk about that too. Also, um, your home service business, a blue-collar entrepreneur through and through, and one of the best, and and just uh, an incredible guy. I got a great family, an incredible wife created a thing called Honor and Fire. We're going to talk about that and so much more. Please welcome to the show, Joshua Latmer. How are you? I am uh, better than I deserve is what Dave Ramsey always says. So I think that's how I am right now. <laughs> who, who said that? Dave Ramsey. That's his like his main catchphrase buzzword, right? Is that he's better than he deserves, which is actually a contentious thing, you know, because depending on how what your worldview is, some people say, yeah, I am better than I deserve. But then other people say, well, I deserve greatness. So I'm not better than I deserve because I deserve greatness. That's a whole philosophical rabbit hole. I like it. When I call my sponsor, I ask him how he's doing. He just says one thing to me. He's like, sober and above ground. I'm like, all right, cool. The rest can be uh, then created from there, right? (laughs) Yeah. It actually tells you a lot about a person and kind of their frame of the world based on what they say when you ask them that. Oh, man. So how are you? How is my friend doing today? I'm doing really good uh, in some areas, struggling in other areas, but overall, really, really good. It's been an interesting year. I haven't had a job in over 15 years, which is cool. I just start companies and do weird things and make mistakes and have some wins. But this last year for me has been kind of a transition period. So one of my, my software company, uh, we hired a CEO to run it. And so I've been out of the business for a year, actually in May, it was a year. So that's been interesting. And then uh, I have a company called Automate Grow Sell and I sold off a majority of that, uh, but I'm still partners with the new guy and he's been growing that, but I'm also out of the day-to-day with that. So I've been trying to figure out, you know, what the next thing looks like for me. And and that's a, a fun process and a frustrating process all mixed together. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of 
take a little bit of what you just said, skip the uh, what's your definition of success question, because uh, I think your definition is starting more businesses, having more fun and being flexible and free. Like, I'm sure we could warp it into something really cool. But I just want to talk about what you dropped. I thought that was really, really cool. How even in your bio talking about, you know, working five hours a week, you were able to, you know, build this business. And now it sounds like there's a lot of play and fun happening in your life. Let's talk about uh, first hiring a CEO for your, you know, your software company, Send Jim. What was that process like for you? Well, I had help. So the truth is, is that business was the hardest business I ever did it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I got punched in the mouth so much. We spent a million dollars to build this software, you know, on paper from the outside looking in when you're not in software, software is like the sexiest business model ever. You're like, Oh yeah. If I just get 10,000 people to buy the thing and I'll make a gajillion dollars. It sounds simple. And it sounds like it's a low level of complexity. It was very, very hard. And for five years trying to build that company, uh, I never took a penny out of it. It was, you know, an 80 hour a week, total focus thing just kept failing and it wasn't working. And, and then we got it working and then it grew almost a little bit too fast. And then I had to fire half of my team and we had to restructure. So we got to the point with that business where I was like hyperventilating, Tony, like I was so stressed out in my body. I, I was scared. Um, the stress load. And I, and I brought in some friends. So I have a, amazing network of people. And one of my friends names, Mike Dalkey, he's an investor. Uh, he's, I, I'm not really a businessman per se. I'm more of a, a marketer. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a dreamer. This guy's a business guy. And he came in and helped me fix the company. So he said, all right, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need a hundred grand for this. We do. And, and even though it was a nightmare, he helped me really turn the whole thing around. And he helped me hire a CEO, which was amazing because I think there's such a difference between a real operator. I know you have business partners, so I'd be curious on your side too, the difference between the dreamer guy and the integrator guy. And I was missing in my business. And so a lot of things were on fire. And even though, you know, financially it looked like it was doing these big things, it was a nightmare. Uh, and it's not now. The CEO we hired is totally opposite for me. <laughs> He's smarter than I am. He's an MBA. He's an Air Force guy. Super, super organized spreadsheety, you know, just very even steady guy, which is exactly the opposite of me. And he's crushing it. He's doing great. And so it's been, I've learned a lot in the last year. Sounds like my business partner down just a couple doors down. You know, he was, he was asking me a few minutes ago, he's like, Hey, can you help me attach something like a spreadsheet to like my outlook? And I'm like, outlook, like, shouldn't you be using Gmail? That's what I use. Why are you using outlook? He's like, I got my spreadsheets just perfect. You know, he's an MBA. So it's like, sounds like the same guy. Like, you know, we need those people, you know, and there's what I'm realizing is like how critical both pieces are. So I can take an idea scribbled on a napkin and turn it into a, a seven figure thing. Like I can take an idea and go, boom. And I've done that three times with different industries. But once I get there, it gets weird. Right. So like there's organizational stress and strain and you have a really large company. So if you didn't have a good, you, it's impossible for you to do what you've done without an operator that's checking the boxes, of course. And I really was missing that. And that's why none of my businesses have gotten up to even 10 million a year is you can't. I really believe you can be a even a solopreneur entrepreneur. You can do a million dollars in revenue, whatever that means. That's that's and that is a valuable skill set. But building and growing an organization is a different skill set. So when I have conversations with Daniel, probably like you do with your partner, 
he's always trying to pull me back down to earth and I'm trying to pull him up into the sky. I'm like, we can do this. We can do that. And it's this weird balancing act of going for it and thinking outside the box mixed with pragmatism, basically. Yeah. I call it like when you were a kid and you'd go to like the park and there was a teeter totter and you're like, let's go on the teeter totter. And if the person was bigger or smaller than you, you could have fun. Right. And the goal for me always was not to just go up and down, but to find the balance to see if you could actually not do anything and just stop and just kind of have a cool conversation. That was like one of my goals. And my business partner and I, I think we've been able to kind of balance each other out. Like you were talking about, you know, you're going for the sky. He's like, whoa, let me keep my feet planted on the ground. And you're just like, hey, can we just find a little bit of in between? And then this statement has really helped me over the last like probably five or six years is you do you. Like, I'm not going to go in and try to, like, wonder what it takes to have an MBA. I'm not going to wonder what it takes to go in and manage from the accounting side of it, right? Let me go do what I'm good at, like sales, marketing, and then hire experts to come in and, and, and then be the in-between. And that's what, you know, Doug allows me creative play and flexibility, but we still have those kind of fun conversations. So when you're sitting talking to Daniel now, because you're not necessarily in the business, right? You're kind of right. working. And if he asks you, you can give him maybe some high level yeah. stuff, but we have phone calls, you know, a couple of times a week. But what are conversations like now for you when you're looking at the business where like, let's say a year, year and a half ago, you're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we spent all this money. It's been five years. Da, 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 da. What are your conversations like now? Are they fun for you because you're not necessarily in the business like you were? Yes. And that's one of the big epiphanies I had was that I don't want to be an operator. So what was happening, Tony, like I was shaming myself. I was in like this infinity loop of guilt and shame, feeling like I wasn't worthy. I wasn't. But the thing is, is that I'm a square peg and I was trying to cram myself through a round hole rather than me trying to ask who I needed around me. I was trying to figure out how to do the thing. So what Russell Brunson always says, ask who, not how. Like, I don't need to know all the things. I need to know the people that know the things. And I knew that sort of, but it really kind of came to full manifestation with this company because everything blew up and it was a nightmare. And by the grace of God, my friend, Mike Dalkey came in and literally saved the company. And it's not like the company just had to fail, but I was so redlined. I couldn't take it anymore. I didn't know what to do. So I learned a lot. It's, it is fun for me now because there's so much order and structure and there's a clear path. And, and I've just, I'm just learning to appreciate other personality types, which I think is so huge. You know, we like to tend to be around people who are just like us, uh, but there's so, maybe it's because I'm getting older. <laughs> I don't know, but I have so much more appreciation for people who 15 years ago, I would have thought were just total weirdos, right? Their personality is different. Their worldview is different. But now I'm like, wow, they're, that's interesting. Like what? Like, why do they think like that? And why do they behave like that? Why do they react like that? What's the, where's the value in there? And there is value. In there. We all need each other. And well, I mean, I love like just how your mind, I mean, from what you're giving us as a glimpse of just kind of how maybe your mind operates. Like, I love the fact that you can have like the seven figure paper napkin conversation, right? With yourself, maybe, and somebody else kind of leaning over your shoulder, looking at it. And then you're like, dude, I can go do that. And then you go, and create it. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. And let somebody come in and yes. run it. Right. But still it's know like that you created race. something. Right. It's like a relay race. It's like you take an idea that no one even thinks is possible. You prove everyone wrong. You, you get a model, you monetize it, you scale it up and then you hand the baton off to an operator. That's kind of like, at least currently how I'm kind of viewing it. And 
someone like Daniel couldn't have done what I did with this software company. He couldn't, he's not the guy to take it from a piece of paper to, to where I got it, but I can't do what he does. And so it's like this, it's almost like a board of directors versus a Steve Jobs, right? There's always going to be friction, but they both need each other. You got, you got to have some accountability and structure, but you got to have the crazy guy that's thinking of cool world changing things. You know, you talk about that company getting somebody to come in and then you, you know, during your intro, you talked about, you know, your other company of kind of an events-based kind of coaching and business company. And then you're like, well, I got out of that. I sold a large portion of it. And I still have a little bit of, you know, percent ownership. So now you take that and then all of a sudden you, you, you know, you got into podcasting. I met you through going to, um, I think somebody introduced us and I see you start going to, you know, funnel hacking live events. And next thing I know you're in his inner circle, Russell Brunson. Then I, you know, I just see your success. And then all of that stuff aside, I just get to know a really cool guy who, you know, at the end of the day is very humble, very, very kind, loving. And over the last year or so, uh, you and your your wife kind of set out to take a little bit of what you've learned along the way, some of your family values, and throw it into your next project, you know, honor and, and fire. And I, I would love to spend a little bit of time talking about that today and seeing, you know, if there's some families listening or, or parents saying, you know what, like, I'd love to learn a little bit about how you went and created that, you know, three companies. You're like, cool, great idea. I'm going to go start splitting some wood my backyard and filming some serious fun commercials. And next thing I know, Honor and Fire was born. And I was fortunate enough, along with Amber, to, to come and record an episode uh, with you and Ashley. And I thought it was just so cool um, what you're up to. But I would love for you to share kind of with the audience what Honor and Fire is all about. Sure. So the reason the, we wanted to hire the CEO and get me out of the software, the reason I sold off 90% of Automate Sell to my partner, Brandon Vaughn, who's amazing, uh, was for one reason. It was because my wife and I have had this this heart. Sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like we like our stomach hurts when we think about entrepreneurial families with kids. When we think about uh, you know the divorce rates fifty percent or whatever, it's got to be higher for entrepreneurs. I can't find data to substantiate that, but you know it's it's like a, a, a perfect concoction for destruction to be trying to grow a business and have three kids and have a wife who maybe wants to do her thing too and trying to not balance it, but just hold it together. And so uh, being that I have coached a lot of people, this idea of family systems would come up all the time. So one of the things I tell people in business is, you know, your business is perfectly calibrated to give you exactly the result that you're currently getting. And another thing I say is your business is already fully systemized. Now, maybe you don't follow up with leads, well, that's a zero touch follow-up system. <laughs> it's, it's a bad system. But like like the way we talk to ourselves, the way we do or don't take care of our body, like we have good things, bad things, everything's a system, including your family. So we want people to grow big businesses and have incredible marriages and raise kids who are super equipped and with an unfair advantage and equipped with entrepreneurial knowledge. And we that's what we want. We're, we have five kids. We're obsessed with that. Now, we couldn't do anything with it except talk about it for years and years and years. And so when we got in the position where we could quote unquote, figure out what that looks like and quote unquote, do something with it, we did. And that's why I sold off that uh, the, the business and why we hired the CEO very specifically for that reason. We don't have it all figured out. Uh, we've done some cool things. We've, we've sat down and interviewed some amazing entrepreneurial families like you and your wife, Amber, and, you know, Russell and his wife and a bunch of people, just really cool people that have not just the, 
the swag on the business side, but they have uh, great kids, an imperfect but great marriage, great stories. And we try to figure out the systems that they use. You know, one of my favorite systems from your interview, Tony, actually my wife and I still talk about it, is this idea of making edits in your life and how, you know, rather than shaming yourself and saying, oh, I suck, I'm failing at this area. You're like, no, hmm, that's interesting. Let's look at that. And, you know, let's edit that. Like, what can I just tweak? What can I? And so we've accumulated all these cool systems from all these entrepreneurial families. And uh, it's, it's been awesome, but super early in the process. And we have lots of ideas and things that we want to do. We're just still learning and figuring it out. What are some of your uh, the values that you have around your house for your kids and you for your family? Uh, we have a lot of them. So the first types, of, there's actually different types of family systems. So um, we're developing this framework, right? You have identity systems, mm. for example. So we believe just like a company needs to have a brand kit, for example, you know, what are the three hex codes for your colors so that you're going to use in your literature and your marketing collateral? And what are, what's your slogan? What's your catchphrase? What things are you going to trademark? What's your logo look like? We apply that to our family you know, in a simple way. So for example, we have a document called the Latimer Birthright. And it's this whole epic manifesto that our kids, you know, recite and read and it's on our fridge and it tells them who they are. It's a document that says, you know, I'm a child of God. I am here for greatness. I will read God's word. I will do hard things. I will defend my mind. I will defend the weak. I will do, there's all these epic, like Rocky Balboa feeling things that, that we identify with. And our kids are little, but like we're drilling it into them and it's, and it's on the wall and it's got our, we have a family logo, for example, actually the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now was designed for my family. So it says do hard things. That's an example of a family system. So I didn't invent the phrase do hard things, but we heard it somewhere years ago and we resonated with it, you know? And so we've turned it into our own proprietary language as a family. We have isms, you know, keep chopping wood, do hard things. You are not a victim. It is not Mount Everest. You know, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It only matters if it's worth it. So these are things my kids would tell you if they were here because it's part of our culture. It's part of our identity. We also have Latimer of the Month, you know, which is a little award ceremony we do. We have core values for our family, you know, faith, character, leadership, and work ethic. And so my four-year-old will tell you that. You know, she might get two out of four at this point, but we're drilling them in. <laughs> and that's an example of a system. No, I love it. Uh, you know, a lot of people struggle and I'm not just saying a lot. I'm saying a lot of people struggle because they're not, they're not present. Their life is, is chaotic and crazy and busy and they barely have enough strength. My, I remember my mom, my mom always used to kind of tell me this, man, I'm so tired. I just fell into bed last night, you know, after a hard day of work. It was not like I got a chance to unwind, turn on, you know, television and watch, you know, my favorite show that was recorded on a VCR. It was like, I literally got home. I think, you know, took off like my earrings, my mom would say, and literally just kind of fell into the bed and woke up the next morning. The alarm was going off and out and running. I mean, that's a system as we're calling it. But the reality was, it was just do anything you can to put food on the table and keep the lights on in the house and provide, provide for my sister and myself. And it wasn't until later in life when I really sat down and talked to my mom. And one of the, the kind of ideas came up is like, you just do what you got to do. But when you take control, like you have, and you're editing, I love that. That's like a really good thing. I learned that from my father. My, my dad would take any room and said, rather go spend more money. He's like, why don't we just edit? Edit this room and edit that room, take from here, put there. And now you didn't spend any money, but you you created. 
And a lot of us need to create with what we have instead of going out and getting stuff that we can't afford or doing things that are way out of way out of the norm. Just edit a few things. What is working and what isn't working? And quickly, my mom, um, why I just love her. She was my first and will always be the, the best mentor that I had in my life is that she instilled like, you know, you can do it. And she never doubted me. And what you were just telling me about, you know, your four-year-old may get two out of four right, is that there is a belief system that you have planted in your kids. And that belief system is different than the previous generations for your family. You created a now a new foundation, a new belief structure, and new systems that even if they get half of it right, they're going to pass on to their kids and they're going to be better for it. So I love the fact that you set out on a path to, you know, invent, create, and then polish. And a lot of people don't like to polish um, because it takes work and you are working every single day. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for that because I think it's really, really awesome. And I love the fact that you do hard things and you chop wood and you show your kids that it's okay to make mistakes and it's also okay to win. Absolutely. We celebrate success. One of my favorite quotes is be cautious of people who don't cheer when you win. I mean, anybody watching this, if there's people in your life that don't cheer when you win or they try to downplay it, you need to hit the eject button on that relationship. But uh, (laughs) as fast as you can, too, because people are always waiting for others to fail. And it's just not like it's a bad thing. It's just a life thing that people are waiting, going, hope Josh and Tony fail today. And I'd love to swoop in and take over what they you know, failed. I'll make it better. And the reality is, even if you had everything that I did, you're probably not going to do it as good as I do. Well, think, let's think about why someone would be like that. Because I, I don't think people are overtly, consciously saying, I hope someone else fails. There's some people like that. Most people aren't really like that on the, on the top of the consciousness there. Well, I just have edited those people out of my life. Right, right. But they exist. So when I look at like why, it has to do with their identity. Everything revolves around identity. I mean, the level level of success that you attain in life is going to match your identity. The reason people self-sabotage is because something goes good and they pull themselves back down to the appropriate level per their identity. Your kids are going to have an identity right now. They already have one. So like creating these family systems isn't an effort of me. I'm not really creating anything. What I'm doing is I'm directing their identity. I'm, I'm, I'm controlling it. So another quote, because I'm a quote maniac, is... Uh, if you don't tell your kids who they are, the world will do it for you. And so they're going to get, human beings have to have an identity. It's part of our structure. And so we're going to grab it either from sports or from sex or from status or from money or from whatever, fill in the blank with something. And all I'm trying to do is get ahead of it and, and tell them who they are. And what's funny about it is because kids' minds are so malleable, it just becomes a truth to them. So when they say Latimer's do hard things, right? Or I can literally do anything. It doesn't matter how hard it is as long as it's worth it. I don't tell them they can just have anything. It's you you can have anything if you're willing to pay the price and count the cost and do it. There's going to be pain and suffering, but who cares if it's worth it to you, then do that thing. In their brain, that's not like a concept. That's two plus two equals four. And because it's embedded into their identity and that's the idea with it. So it's not like some mythical, I'm a great dad. I'm just trying to be intentional, almost like you would with a budget. You have money coming in. I used to work at a bank. A lot of high income people don't have any money. They make two, 300 grand a year. They spend 301,000 a year, right? Then I'd have an old farmer come in and in 1999 F-150 and he'd have $2 million in his checking account. And I would kind of sit there and think, what in the heck is going on? (laughs) You know what I mean? So 
if you're directing your money with a budget, you're not changing the money. You're just directing it. You're trying to pay attention to it. And that's what we're trying to do with our kids. I love it. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break on the Be Fulfilled podcast show, talking to the one, the only Joshua Latimer. Now, if you stick around and you bring a pen and paper back, you're probably going to learn a couple more things that you can take and implement into your life. Because every time I sit down and chat with Joshua, I know that I'm a better person for listening to what he has to say. Plus, he's like the the book of quotes. So if you need some more quotes to, I don't know, put in your next journal, put up at your house, put on your computer, send to a friend, be inspired, be motivated. You'll learn that. Plus, you'll learn how this guy never stopped iterating from the, the day he got the opportunity to create for himself. And, and I love the fact, like, you know, from living in a trailer park delivering pizza, he's still using a little bit of that humor today of what it was like in some of his videos that he's created and, and being silly and having fun and, and taking that as that, that's where I was, it's not where I am. And a lot of what we're talking about today is the mindset of what you have currently and then envisioning where you wanna be and then creating systems or having plans or networking, building relationships, inviting the right people in, you know, editing out the ones that are just really there to hold you back. And uh, we're going to have so much more fun. So I invite you to stick around. and We'll be right back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Tony Grebmeyer along with Joshua and we are just talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Oh, wait, I don't think we're talking about that. I think we're talking about how to have fun, not to screw too many things up. But if you do, it's okay as long as you're having fun and you're, you're learning from your mistakes because life is filled with lessons. Japanese proverb, fall seven, get up eight. That's what we're talking about too. But also seeing when you've got to a, a spot where you can't go any further because that's not your skill set and then hire people who have that skill set to come in and take what your idea or vision or dream and get it to the next level. Right? Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. We've been all over the place. It's been really fun. Uh, but yeah. Well, if you've ever had a conversation with me, you know I'm not going to stay in my lane. <laughs> my kid in the back seat the other day, I'm driving. He's like, Dad. I'm like, what? He's like, pay attention to the road. I'm like, my car's got like these little things on it that keep the car in its right lane. I'm like, let's just go and have a great time. And he's like, Dad. I'm like, I get it. And then I finally realized what he was talking about. I also need to pay attention where I'm going. Because even though I, I have trust in my car, my car's still going to let me down. But if I have my eyes on the road and my car has it, we're going to be probably have a better chance of arriving where we want to go. So let's talk about it as we come down from success, you know, the mountaintop, uh, as you're kind of building all these systems. What are some things that you're just kind of passionate about? I know that you got the honor and fire. I know you have your family and your businesses. But when all of that's just kind of off to the side and it's just you, what, what brings you joy? What brings you just excitement in your life? Ah, man, I think learning, believe it or not, it's coming from a kid with like a 2.5 GPA. And that was because my teachers liked me enough to give me falsely high grades. It still was only 2.5. Um, 
education. I'm upset. I learn all the time. I just listen. I consume a lot of content. I, I, for the last year, I've been really fascinated by just the idea of why do people do the things that they do? Why do we do the things? There's a scripture in the Bible where Paul talks about, he says, you know, why do I do the things I don't want to do? And the things that I do want to do, I won't do. What a wretched man I am. And I read that. I'm like, yep, that's pretty much summarizes everybody I've worked with. You know, I've coached over a thousand individual small business owners, not like, like at a conference, like over the years, like I've worked with families that have businesses and it's so fascinating the nuance and the differences and the mental blocks and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. And in, just the way I've changed over the year. I'm less, I know less now than I did 10 years ago. Like I'm gradually realizing how much I don't know as I get older. I think that's probably natural. Uh, I'm more paranoid in, in a positive way sometimes with this concept of productive paranoia. So when I do project planning and things now, I, I can see blind spots and things that <laughs> punch me in the mouth, you know, before. And so I'm a little bit more. And then, you know, but what's interesting to me is you can have a young kid like Wesley is a kid I work with. He's uh, 25. He's going to hit a million dollars in revenue with a cleaning business this year. Uh, he was a former college athlete, you know, real focused. He's not married, and but he's just he's just executing, right? He's just running. And then you'll have someone else who's you know 53, massive potential, great personality, super smart, but they're just stuck, and they've had a business at three or four hundred thousand for. 15 years and they, and it could come down to this one little tiny thing. And so I look at a Wesley and I look at the other guy and I don't know, I just, I think trying to connect those dots is what's making me excited in the last year is learning. I love it. the fact that you talked a little bit about, you know, your GPA, right? Like, <laughs> and I think that's important in this day and age. I was just reading uh, an article Ezra Firestone just wrote and put up just a little bit ago on Facebook just about like the 13 years, right? You kind of like, you know, you know, from elementary go off to, you know, junior high, high school. And some of us are fortunate enough to go to college. College wasn't for me. I went to play sports and somehow all around the way I got an opportunity to be in a broadcasting program. And then I used that, didn't even finish my two years at a junior college, 13 units shy, and then took that and catapulted myself into business, right? And so don't allow what happened stop you from who you want to become. Yeah. And I love that you can identify like, yeah, I wasn't the best. My teachers maybe liked me a little bit better and they gave me some passing grades so I could at least, you know, go through it. But education isn't for everyone that is delivered in a degree, but well, self-education. The difference between schooling and education. Oh, absolutely. Not to play semantics, but you know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody fits on the assembly line in the box. In fact, more and more people, it's, it's main, non-traditional education is mainstream now. You have people like Elon Musk saying you don't need a college degree. President Trump this week said that the federal government is going to start hiring based on skills, not degrees. That's a massive thing. And I think that's awesome. You know, I, uh, I don't know, like this, the school system, it just, I don't like learning about things I don't care about. Harvard and Princeton announced plans to bring back students for the fall semester. Interesting thought. Um, Harvard plans to bring up to 40% of the undergrads back to campus for the fall, including all first-year students. So then the question came is, you know, how much is tuition, right? And comes to find out, and don't quote me because I'm not perfect with reading, um, Harvard isn't giving a discount. Princeton is giving like a 10% discount. <laughs> but your schooling, almost, you know, 80% to 90% is going to be online. So isn't that interesting? 
So model is that disrupted right now. Like I'm excited. These institutions are businesses like to pretend like Harvard is some sort of like warm, fuzzy public service. They have a 40 or a $60 billion endowment fund. I saw a guy do the math yesterday in a video where they could give all of their students free tuition for like 300 years straight, just on their endowment fund. They don't need the money. They're still charging full price to give virtual classes. But what's happening maybe just with Corona too is self-directed education is blowing up and yep. there's so many skills you can learn online, online courses, the information business in general is blowing up. And it makes sense to me. My son is 13 and I hired him to be my podcast editor for my podcast. And there's some errors and mistakes and grammars, a hill that we've been climbing up, but he's doing it right. And he's loves it, loving it. And he's, he's, you know, in the software and he's cutting things, he's publishing it. He's writing the show notes. He's going into Facebook and posting it and uh, he's learning this skill. And so I have him watching some courses, you know, he's watching a course right now on TikTok actually, because we have a friend who has a gajillion TikTok followers and she's monetized it. And he's, it's, it's just cool. So like the value he gets out of that, in my opinion, is just infinitely more valuable than, you know, some sort of standardized thing. No. And I, you know what? I want to talk a little bit about your son for 13. Can you, can you share his name? Yeah. His name's Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, we're going to Alaska in two weeks, too, because another family system is a rite of passage trip with dad when when our kids turn 13. He's our oldest. So this is the first one. We're going to go do man stuff and catch fish and hike around in the woods. And it's going to be awesome. So, Maverick, you're not listening to this podcast necessarily, but I know that your dad will share it with you because we're talking about you. That's awesome. And you know what? I, I, I commend uh, your effort. Right. Like the number one thing that so many kids and people are against is trying. And I just love the fact that you have a dad who just sees the opportunity with you and wants to help you grow to the next level. So take it, run with it. If you ever have any editing questions, don't ask me. Um, I haven't edited in like 25 years. But the one thing I do know um, is that you're doing the hard stuff. Right. And you're learning and it's OK to scrape your knees. Just get back up and keep going. And um, proud of you. I think it's really, really cool, Maverick. Um, I will tell you, you have an amazing podcast and you've changed a little bit, kind of like we were talking pre-show about, I pivoted a little bit and I'm constantly thinking about pivoting and making adjustments. What, what's the, the show that you currently have for your podcast? Well, it's called now the growth vault podcast. And yeah, so it used to be called the quick talk podcast where I was doing pretty good. I had 300 reviews almost, and I'd done it for several years. I lost all that when I changed the name, <laughs> but it's the same show. It's directed mainly to local business owners. The problem though was, you know, because I had all these different companies, the podcast was confusing. It was like, I would teach and I'd say, yeah, you need to go buy my software because of this. And then, but then I teach something else and say, Oh no, you really need this event for this other company that I have. Oh no, family system could go over here. And it was, it was so, so discombobulated. So rebranded it solely focusing on, local home service business owners and just helping them learn how to automate and scale their business. And, and, and that's pretty much it. So yeah, my wife and I are going to start a, a different podcast. Yeah. And just get a different channel and then you keep it like totally separate. Then you don't have to be confusing. We're going to talk more about just world events and families. You're going to do honor and fire the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're not sure what we're going to call it, but yes, that's exactly honor and fire. Doesn't sound like a good name. Well, let me ask your opinion. So I'm, I'm debating between a few different names. 
first one that's a contender is the family war plan. The family war plan. That's one idea. And it's this idea of business and estate planning and educating your kids and taking responsibility, almost like Ryan Mickler has this big brand for men called Order a Man, and his catchphrase is protect, provide, preside. You know, it's this epic, like, ah, be a man. So, like, the family war plan, I like that on the one hand. Then we have a different idea for a name called Seven Figure Families. And Seven Figure Families is cool, but it also almost might sound a little bit like Grant Cardone or something, like too much emphasis on the revenue or something like that. So, I'm not sure there. Uh, and then our third one was called Systems and Grit. Systems and Grit, the idea being with the right systems and, and the right amount of grit, you can do anything you want in your family, in your business, whatever you want. What is the, is Honor and Fire the name? Like behind it's everything? The name of our company, yeah. That's cool. the name of the company. There's something magical about that and then finding a subline for it. Because your brand is like what you're after, right? And and this is, it's kind of like the order of man, like, right? It's like Ryan's whole thing, right? But then you have the subline, which can be, you know, I, when you were talking, I just watched War Games this last weekend, you know, just happened to like put on War Games. And I was like, when you were talking about your your first name and I was thinking, I was like, War Games with Latimer's. It's like, really, it's like life. It's business. It's all, it's everything, right? Because it's all something deep down inside that you're trying to find. And at the end of the day, you guys are going to be great, whatever name you choose. But, you know, it's so cool to hear you guys talk. Um, you know, I, I would love, my wife and I talk about it all the time, just keep iterating, keep growing, keep trying new things. And then we're finding more and more stuff to do together, which has brought us closer and closer together in so many ways. So I love the fact that you're going down another road with your wife. Um, so many people in business too, they're like, oh, my wife doesn't know anything that I do. Right. Well, for years she didn't. I mean, we almost got divorced. I almost, I let my my personal life on fire several times chasing down business stuff. And the truth is, is that nothing I've accomplished. This is not a cliche thing I'm saying to be a nice husband. I'm telling you factual truth. Nothing I've ever done happens without her. The difference is, is I happen to be front stage and she happened to be backstage for most right. of our journey so far and kind of differentiating that. And a lot of the conflict comes from that with a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, it, it's, there's a, it's easy to get a lot of attaboys from your friends and colleagues when you're, you know, crushing it, doing your business stuff. Uh, and then you have this ego and then you go home and you just, you're just a guy that needs to take out the trash. <laughs> in fact, Russell Brunson's wife told us a hilarious story. He, he had a million dollar day. He made a million dollars in one day and he's pumped and everybody at work is like, Russell, you're so amazing. Right. And he's, but you know, he's just a guy. He's a super smart, talented guy, but he's just a guy. Well, he goes home and he's not a super cool Russell guy to her. And she's mad because he's gone all day and he wasn't communicating well. And he's like, hey, babe, I had a million dollar day. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Just will you take the trash out. And like, <laughs> I just think that is so funny because thank God for our spouses to keep us uh, connected to reality, to humble us, to hold us accountable, to challenge us. It's, it's I think it's like the the picture that I used to have of when I would come home or a figure you'd see on television, like a, a man would come home and the wife would just say, here's, here's Johnny, watch Johnny. I need to, you know, take, you go change Johnny, right? Like yeah. there's a switch that gets flipped. It's like, yeah, that's great that you did all that. Good job. You hit all those home runs today in the ball game. You're still dad. Yeah. You need to show up. You need to take care of, you need to do things, right? You're still a husband. Like I need all that. 
And, uh, but I wouldn't be where I'm at. I've, I've said it many, many times. And I say it all the time to my wife, like I, I appreciate her for helping me get to do what I love. And now I'm trying to make sure we do incorporate more of what she loves. And that's part of being empty nesters. Well, we do have two kids because of COVID staying at our house, but uh, they're going to go back to their life in a couple of weeks. And, you know, things will go back to what they're supposed to be, which is very still different in the world that we live in, in life. Uh, and my wife, you know, we normally are traveling now and we're not traveling. So, um, we're dreaming. And I think that's what I want to leave the world with today when they listen to this podcast is everything that we talked about today is really about having fun and, and being a dreamer, um, oh. not not feeling like you have to conform to some system, but instead know that there are systems around everything is, you know, paraphrasing Josh and, and really start having fun, like dream. I was just talking to a, an entrepreneur friend today and saying, you know, instead of just telling me what you want, like, you know, I want to go travel to X. What would it be like, you know, booking a ticket, booking a hotel, putting your feet on the on the street, listening to the music, tasting the food, walking down the street, holding hands? What would it feel like when you're shopping? You know, like explain more than just I want to go here. And that's what I get every time I talk with you. There's layers and layers and layers beyond just, hey, I want to go launch a software company. Right. And, and I love what you brought today. And I love the fact that you, you know, shared a lot of quotes and I do want to allow people, uh, an opportunity to learn more about you. Where would you direct people? What's the best resource for you? They could just send a handwritten letter to PO box. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Carrier pigeon, uh, send your carrier pigeon to Ludington, Michigan. No, I'll probably go to honorandfire.com. There's not a ton there. We're building. We have some amazing resources, all kinds of cool stuff we're doing. And just there's a family quiz assessment about systems. And there's some other resources um, that you'll find when you go there. But uh, that's probably the, the best bet. Or you can look me up on Facebook. I, I'm on Facebook a lot. All right. We need one quote that we're going to end the show on today. Ooh. One? Yeah, you have a gun. I uh, got it. I got pull the gun, it's on you. And they said, give me the best quote you got or you're gone. Um, everybody sees the wine, but no one sees the crushing of the grapes. It's one of my all-time favorites. And one of the things I hate about internet marketing, about entrepreneurship being mainstreamed, about the Gary V hustle grind, Grant Cardone, get your Ferrari trophy wife. I, I personally, like, I, I can't stand that stuff. It's not that they're saying bad like technically wrong information. It's just the the aura around it. The truth is, is that everybody's life is really, really messy. I try to make a point to talk about all the stupid things I've done as often as I can, because I don't want to make people think that because they're messing up a lot and things are on fire, that they're somehow different and that the people that succeed are, have got it together because it's (laughs) completely false. It's not true. So everyone sees the wine. No one sees the crushing of the grapes. And if you are getting your grapes crushed at the moment, hold on. Just hold on. Sometimes go, just holding ground is the equivalent of going forward. Just don't go backwards. Just hold on. And tomorrow will be a better day. I love that. Thank you so much. Reminds me of that one cool quote, never quit on a bad day. Hey, that is Joshua Labmeer. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. And everything you learned and heard today can be found at TonyGrubmeyer.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. 
Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever. 